Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams. And hello again, this is Lindsay Adams. Our special guest today is Douglas Brown. Douglas Brown is all the way, coming to us all the way from Toronto in Canada, where he tells me that there's still snow on the ground if you look hard enough for it. It's supposed to be spring, Douglas. What's going on? Well, you know, it's uh, it's melting and it's melting fairly rapidly. Uh, the last um, couple of weeks, it's been milder. Uh, there have been a couple of cold days, but we're definitely in springtime here in Canada. And um, a lot of people are starting to polish up their golf clubs. So, Well, I love it. So, Douglas, you're an employee retention expert and you've got a wealth of experience with him uh, in various forms employee engagement surveys and working with organisations, helping them to retain their employees. In fact, we're here today to talk about the top five tips for managers to retain their employee talent. I know you've got a lot to share, so let's get going. Tip number one, share, what do you got? Okay, well, I would say the first key really is a successful onboarding. Onboarding is a, a critical element to the employee retention process. Um, studies show, and we've done polls on this as well, that something like 65% of the employees uh, will not make it to year four, the end of year four within their new organization as as a new hire. And uh, furthermore, uh, 25% of those uh, won't make it past 18 months. So when you look at that, you you begin to reflect and and examine and, and try and understand why onboarding is so um, critical, not only critical, but where where are the challenges? What might be falling through the cracks? So I would say that's that's maybe one of the top priorities. And just to go a little deeper on that, I think a, a couple of suggestions is make sure that um, in the hiring um, um, practice and in the hiring process that the instructions and the the, the expectations and um, you know, the definitions of what the work, the work the employee is going to be do are all very clear for the employee. Because I think once they get on the on the job and, and really get into the job, sometimes they find differences. They find, you know, this this isn't really what I expected, or I wasn't really hired to do that or this. Um, so I think you have to take time to really help them understand what the role's about, uh, what their their tasks and responsibilities are going to be, and then uh, make sure that that, that happens. And um, I'll also say that once the employee does get on board, they're hired and they've started and they're into their new job, uh, then the manager really becomes very important. And um, I think the manager has a key role to play uh, certainly, they have to communicate and, and give feedback on a regular basis. Uh, they have to provide things like encouragement and support. Um, and they should always take some time and effort to, to get to know the employee so that the, the employee feels welcomed and valued and, and really um, feels comfortable in their new role. So that as well, once it doesn't stop once they're hired, the, the manager then I think has to kind of take it forward to make sure that it becomes a rewarding experience for the employee okay but uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna play a bit of devil's advocate here that that often the job description for a new hire is written by the person who's leaving and and that job description and the role description doesn't always reflect truly 
the things that that person actually has to be doing. And that a lot of that evolves over time. And so you may have successfully onboarded them and met their expectations. Well, how do you deal with the changing role? Because people naturally run away from change. You know, that that's a great question, Rail. Um, I would say that there has to be discussion around that. Uh, businesses do change. Uh, priorities change. Job roles and responsibilities change. Um, but I think the employee has to have uh, a forum for discussion. And, um, you know, they're, they're, and I think if they've got that, if they can understand more deeply how their role changes, and if there's something that they're not comfortable with, or if they uh, don't feel it's right fit for them, then they have to kind of speak up and explain to the manager, him or her, that, you know, this, this isn't really aligned with what I had in mind. Um, is there a way we can work around that or can we modify it or these kind of things to, to help? But that discussion is key to, to really have a, um, a good understanding. Douglas, it's really interesting what you've just said because my daughter has literally just lived this process. She started a new job. Uh, she came to me, I think it was about three weeks after she'd started, and she said, Dad, this this is not what I signed up for. I, I'm not doing what, what they hired me for. What, what do I do? And I said, you've got to go and talk to your manager and, and you know, help, help her understand or help her clear the confusion. And it was only when they engaged in that conversation did she get some comfort and the manager got understanding of the frustration that she was experiencing. So really poor onboarding process, however, has been resolved through that process of communication. So almost textbook, what you've just shared, it's out there. So yeah. Douglas, hit us up now. So we, we, we've onboarded the employee. We've kind of got them talking to us and we seem to be on the right road. What is tip number two for managers to retain their employee talent? Okay, I'll, I'll talk uh, um, about three of the next uh, the next three tips about the manager and, and his or her role kind of thing. Um, I would say that the, the manager, you know, we often ask, ask the question with, you know, senior leaders and, and owners and things like that, who is responsible for employee retention? And the reality is it's everybody. And I understand that. But if you go a little deeper and say, well, who's, who's in the strongest position maybe to, to influence a positive work experience and a rewarding work experience and those kind of things. And often, if not always, we come back to the manager. And there's there's three key areas that the manager can help. And tip number one is I always recommend that the manager cultivates the employee engagement drivers. and Because these are important to, to employees and they're important um, on, on different levels and different reasons. And everyone has their own unique needs and they're different. And, and sometimes I think organizations will put in place programs that are generic in the sense that they're meant to appeal to everyone. Well, that's often not the case because we're all different. We're all human. But I would say if you can focus on some of the personal drivers, like uh, they may want a certain level of autonomy they may uh, feel that they want to be empowered in their job. They want to work with purpose. Um, and, and, you know, they want to be able to submit ideas and get uh, input into their job. So those are the personal things. There's several others. 
And then I would mention as well the emotional drivers. And these are things like recognition. Every employee likes to feel valued and appreciated for their effort and contribution. Uh, They want to work with respect and dignity. Uh, They want to have, uh, they want to be part of a team. They want to have strong camaraderie with their colleagues and, you know, good morale and these kind of things. So those are, those are things that, again, I think the manager is in the strongest position to cultivate. So that would be my second tip. Well, so let me ask you, let me extend that, you know, you probably look at a lot of managers, um, business owners who are, you know, you know, been around for a long time, who who are still of the belief that that employees want money. That's their, you know, that's their sole driver. And, and I see that often where people just think that by throwing money at people, it stops all the other problems. You know, how much yeah. value do people put on all those things? You've just the employee engagement stuff. You know, is there a and I've I've seen articles where people have put a dollar figure on, I'll join that company because they've got a nicer culture and nicer this and nicer that, but I'll take a lesser salary. Is that becoming yeah. more evident? Yeah, you are seeing signs of that, Rail. And, um, you know, salary can only go so far in your work experience. And I've always been under the impression that there's always somebody out there that's going to pay more. But um, when you pay the high salary and they actually get in the job, this is where sometimes some of the disconnects start to happen. And if you don't have strong relationships and a level of trust and enjoy your experience, chances are you're not going to last that long with the with the organization you're with, even if you do have a higher salary. Because people, you know, especially I think we're seeing more of this in the younger generations that, you know, they're... They'll move in the blink of an eye if if they don't feel that they're enjoying uh, the work that they're doing. So is loyalty dead then, Douglas? Oh, that's a great question, Lindsay. I, and I, I don't know. I don't pretend to have the answer to that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think um, the general trend has been, you know, you go back 40, 50 years when people worked a lifetime for a company and um, I can remember tenure awards that were in place for recognition to in a five-year award, a 10-year award, and things like that. But I, I think the workplace has definitely changed. And I, I don't um, believe that people are going to work one at one career position for their life. Um, it just doesn't happen anymore. But at the same time, I think on the other side of it, only getting you know, a year, year and a half, two and a half years out of employees um, and is not sat- is not suitable and it's not it's not a workable scenario. And I'll say that simply because when we when we look at the cost of employee turnover and the cost of recruitment and you know the challenges in replacing talent and things like that, this is a, a major issue and a major concern for many, many businesses. And in fact, I think I just read something recently. Um, I believe that the turnover in the U.S. economy or impacts the U.S. economy, something like to the tune of seven to eight hundred billion dollars a year. So, so I mean, I'll extend that. And one of my team came to me. She's been with me in one of my other businesses about 13 years now. And after about six years, I remember her coming in one day and saying she's very concerned. And I said, why? She said, because none of her friends can understand how she's been in the same job. Now she's in her mid-30s. Okay. Oh, she's yeah. Literally, I was her first employer out of university. Okay. And 
um, she came to me and said she's very concerned because her friends can't understand how she's been here six or seven years and hasn't wanted to change jobs. And she said, but I like it here. (laughs) You know, I like being here. We have a great culture. I mean, Lindsay has spent time sitting around here talking to my staff. And it is that. And 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 she was happy to and now her friends have stopped talking to her about it because she's been here 13 years you know mm-hmm. and but but it was just a remarkable conversation to me about how much peer pressure there was to up and move on for no particular reason yeah i, I think there is at times and you get friends that you know might be mentioning other job opportunities and things like that but um i think you hit the nail on the head rail when you said she likes it she enjoys her work. She maybe finds meaning in it and purpose in it and those kind of things. And she enjoys the team that she works with. All of those things are, are critical. So, Okay. Well, let's move on. Tip number three. Douglas, what do you got? All right. I, I would say the third tip, and again, I feel strongly that the manager is probably in the best place to influence this, is the employee experience. And this is really a, a combination of things, but you know, it boils down to, um, I would describe as the employee's strengths, their skill set, and secondly, their passions. And if we can marry those two, if we can find out what that employee really enjoys, the type of work that they enjoy, the, the level of challenge that they enjoy, you know, whether they want to be maybe working more with clients and, and customer facing, whether they work more as an individual um, all those things, understanding those things and, and trying to, you know, find opportunities that might be available to them. And then, of course, analyzing the skill set and seeing, you know, if, if they need some development work or if they need some further growth in their skills, then, you know, trying to arrange the training and the support that they need to, to move towards those positions. Because ultimately, if, if you can marry those two things, the skill set and the the passion and and the interests, I think then you really begin to build a strong employee experience that uh, the the employee cherishes. And and they're like Rahel said earlier, they don't want to leave. They don't want to go away. So that that would be my second suggestion and tip. Okay. So so going on from there, and, and you said this was a group of three things. So this is tips two, three, and, the, and tip number four for the top five tips for managers to retain the employee talent. Hit us up. Yeah, the, the third tip, or actually the fourth point we're talking about, is uh, getting the employee, helping the employee to develop a career uh, development plan. And um, that comes through conversation. It, again, it goes a little bit deeper into that uh, um, employee experience. And, and what we do is we have some tools available that help the manager have a discussion with their employee to understand, okay, what, what are you seeking in your work? What's been a, a really valuable work experience for you? Um, what strengths do you actually have? And let's get them identified and written down uh, and verified. Like sometimes you can go to colleagues and or friends and, and ask them, you know, if you were to um, comment on my skill set. What is it? And and you know where do you feel I have strengths and abilities? And so going a little bit deeper into that, and then we kind of try to envision what opportunities could appeal to that employee. And you know it involves kind of networking with other people, other managers, 
that in, involves some research to, to understand different roles and, and different responsibilities. Uh, it involves uh, understanding or, or looking for openings that might be coming up in a, in a growing company. So it's working with that employee to get a career action development plan put in place that is a dynamic kind of um, uh, plan and, and it's revisited regularly and updated as required as they develop new skills. And um, and those, those, by the way, we really feel it's the employee's responsibility to, to create that plan, but they do need help from their managers to, to get it going. I mean, there's that, there's that famous saying that's been attributed to many people that says, what happens if we train our people and then they leave? And the and the converse or the second part of that is what happens if we don't train them and they stay, <laughs> you know. And and that's exactly it. You know, I think we have to we have to accept that we are going to train some people and they're going to get to a point at which they go. I need another experience. I need another role that's going to stretch me, challenge me, and it's not being at this organization. And I think if they leave on good terms, they can always come back. Um, you see it in the education sector where, you know, a, a person who's a head of department wants to become a principal might have to take a five-year job at another school to get the experience and come back to their old school as principal. It's a very common thing in the education sector. Um, how detailed does the development plan have to be? Is it kind of... Um... Is it a big document? Is it one page? Um, give it. Give us some some clues. The the document we use, Lindsay, is uh, I think it's three to four pages, and um, you know we we don't want to make this process too difficult and, and and too challenging. But at the same time, we really want the employee to try and get clear what direction they're going, where they feel their strengths are, what action steps they have to take to get there. Who's going to help them along the way, whether it's an introduction or HR or something like that? And um, so there, there's a different set of um, skills that are, are kind of um, necessary to help the employee develop so that they are in control of their uh, of their career plan and they're working towards it. Granted, they need support from time to time, but they they're in they're in the driver's seat. And so we want to really bring clarity to that. And so to round that out, I mean, going from there, um, and and the segues beautifully into the fifth of your five tips for managers to retain their employee talent. You know, hit us up with that one. Okay, so learning and development is the fifth point that we wanted to touch on, and you know, it, it goes to uh, some of the earlier points we've talked about a little bit that everybody wants to be able to grow and develop and improve and build new skills and things like that. So. Um, you have to create the right environment, I think, for employees to engage in learning. And, um, you know, you not only engage in the learning, but get the most out of the learning and training and development they want. And if they see a future for themselves in the company, if they really feel there's an opportunity to move towards the career direction that they're going to have, then they'll be more uh, agreeable to the training, more invested in the training, and, and more committed to the training. So that's the one thing is we really want to get them engaged in, in developing new skills and improving. But on the second side of that, I, I would say that training is, is and learning and development is not just for employees. Leaders and managers also have have a it's a it's a continual learning process. And um, I think that oftentimes we see managers or, or people 
uh, promoted into certain positions due to their skills and due to their abilities. Um, but leadership is a different role and uh, it involves uh, many people skills and soft skills. And I think that the managers also have to take time to and be given the opportunity and supported to to develop skills and and uh, build their leadership skills. Because ultimately, when you're in a leadership leader's position, it's about um, creating followers, strong followers, loyal followers, high performing followers who are committed to the department or the organization goals. And that comes from strong leadership skills. Okay. Well, we are at the end of our time, Douglas. Uh, should our listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? They might want to explore uh, maybe, you know, um, engaging you to do some work with them or just curious to learn more. What's the best way? There's a couple of things, Lindsay. I'll, I'll give you the website. It's uh, www.manage, in the, like the word manage, M-A-N-A-G-E, the number two, not the word, but the number two, and then the word retain, R-E-T-A-I-N.com, manage to retain.com. There's a connection um, or a contact us tab there that they can reach out at, to us uh, from. And I'll also, uh, they, they have the ability to schedule an appointment if they choose to do so. And then I'll, I'll maybe also leave you, there's a couple of email addresses that they're more than welcome to send us a, a question or a thought or whatever. And that's info at manage to retain.com. Or my personal email address is dbrown at manage to retain.com. Thank you, Douglas Brown from, as you said, about an hour outside of Toronto. And we'll just leave the geography an hour west of Toronto. Uh, thank you for joining us on the Top 5 Podcast this morning. Thank you to my co-host, Lindsay Adams from Brisbane, Australia. This is Rail Bricker from Perth, Western Australia, signing off for another edition of the Top 5 Podcast.